0: come meet me at the museo with alan and daniel we'll talk about the cardinals all night long favorite sound. We'll talk about the Cardinals all night long. We'll talk the games and all the rest about the team that we love best. We'll talk about the Cardinals all night long. We're going to talk about the Cardinals all night long.
1: Good morning. Welcome into another edition of Meet Me at Mutual. I'm your host Daniel I at C70 on Twitter. You've got also Alan Medlock, a Medlock one, on the same place. We're coming to you Saturday morning again after a kind of another dismal week for the Cardinals. Uh, just a couple of wins since we recorded last. Um, some ugly losses, and if you're just, <laughs> we could probably replay that. pretty much in front of every show uh probably for the rest of the way alan because this thing is not going to get any prettier uh until we (laughs) finally get a little bit of release at the end of september
0: yeah 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 yeah. it's uh they i don't know what else to say it's uh just it's kind of ugly it's it's not entertaining i mean i Mm -hmm. i I, you know it's it's been a while since i've watched um you know, first pitch to last pitch type of situation. You know, I like to see the youth at bats, you know, one of those situations, but, you know, whoever they're throwing out there, it, it's, it's sad to say, and I know we'll get into it later in the show, you know, you want Michaelis to do well, but he struggled last night. And then mm-hmm. some of the other guys that you pitch, you, you, as bad as this is to say, you're like, well, I wouldn't mind them underperforming so that the front office won't get disillusioned by bringing some of these guys back because I think that it, that it needs an overhaul. So yeah, right now it's just, it's, it's hard to watch and, you know, just like pre-show when we were doing some stuff just now, it, it brings you back to some of those era of, well, I remember a lot of those teams in the early nineties that, that, that were terrible, but I don't remember a lot about them because I kind of probably did the same thing that I'm doing now to where I tune in, I check it out, but I'm not as engaged as I normally have been.
1: Well, and like we pointed out in 90, you were a, you know, turning, right by this time in 90, you were a freshman. Yeah. I was a sophomore in high school. So sure. uh, we had other things to, well, you may have. I still was obsessed over all this stuff. No, <laughs> so, no, no, no. That, no. Like, yeah, like, keep in mind,
0: I mean, keep in mind, I come from a, a pro pitching house that, well, not pro pitching household, but a big time pitching household with my dad, who was a huge Braves fan. Mm-hmm. So to see the resurgence of that team at the same time, it was only right. just to kind of soften the blow just a little bit on a national level.
1: Yeah, watching those Braves team was pretty was pretty good, and he could on those, the the Superstar. Oh, well,
0: that was that's part of it. And I want to say that uh, that man, we, we you know, Dad did everything he could, but bottom line, that was the easiest to watch.
1: Oh yeah, you watch that and uh, the Cubs in the afternoon most yep. of the time. That's why in this area, if, among kids of my age, if they're not Cardinal fans or something, they, it's a good chance they grew up as a Braves fan or a Cubs fan in sure. part because you could watch them every day. Um, which is so different. I mean, you can watch them. You can watch the Cardinals every day now if you've got the right stuff, but it's not over the air like that. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, and it was fun. I noticed a tweet this morning. It was probably from before the game last night, when I, but still, um, from Quinn SDL Cards, who's uh, legendary on, over there on the Twitters. Um, but he pointed out that at the time, at least now, uh, that the Cardinals were 11 and now they're 11 and a half games back in the wild card. Whereas, you know, yesterday was the mark of the big run in 2011 when they were 10 and a half out. Now, again, these are totally different teams. Like we said, these are, this is not going to happen. This is, you know, besides the fact that there's so many teams ahead of them, this team has nothing like that team does, but it is interesting to see that, you know, how miserable this season is and how, how it didn't have to be that way i guess to some degree right i mean if this team plays if this team plays 500 baseball they're five games out of the wild card which is still probably too far right now but at least makes it much more you know and more interesting september uh than what we're gonna have
0: sure sure yeah that's i thought i read that first thing this morning too and thought the same thing i was like boy doesn't that seem like these teams are worlds apart. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, and this is not the hindsight. I'm telling you, I mean, I never really lost faith in 11 because I was like, man, they are just too good. And they just have a couple of teams around. Now I will say I didn't expect the collapse that we had of the mm-hmm. teams in front of them, which opened the door, but yeah, I can't see this game winning, this team winning three games in a row, much less, you know, going on a yeah. run like that. Yeah. And uh, you know, like we said, I mean, you and I have said it since I came back to the show and in, in May, they just don't they just don't have the arms to beat people no it's and it's and it has been a glaring weakness and you know we can point to to several things and we can put them under a microscope like we like we do and maybe some deficiencies of the lineup but I just don't feel like that's it I just don't feel I I, might I just I think that they just don't have a guy that can grab the ball and win whenever he takes it or keep him in a game and and it's frustrating. I mean, you know, Michaelis is your sure thing for next year. And I'm like I said, I'm A okay with that. Mm-hmm. But that, that that sure thing better had probably needs to be your three. And right. you need to go get two guys better than he is. That's just how I feel. And that that's where your run starts, I believe.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's the case. And I think you know, like you said, nights like last night. Um because this is with this rotation the way it is right now. Which is Miles Michaelis and a bunch of guys, you know, that are are just kind of there. Um, either they're trying out for next year, or they're making their only, you know, appearance or whatever. I mean, I don't know if I can even completely name the rotation right now. I guess as many injuries and stuff has gone through it, but you know, you have you have to win the Miles Michaelis games, right? I mean, that's I mean, not that you're going. To, but if you're just going to try to be competitive, those are the games you expect yeah. to win. Yeah. And stay to a two nothing lead, and the you know after first inning, you got to say, okay, well, even even you know even if he gives up more than two runs, you, you know it's got to make that last a little bit. Um, and it didn't. It didn't look at all good. I mean, you know what he gave up six, I think over six or something like that. Um, and I agree. I think that games like that, hopefully the silver lining is that the front office does realize that he's not the number two, or I I think they already knew that they needed somebody to to be number one in that rotation. But you could say they might be arguing with themselves. They need to bring somebody in of his level or, you know, something like that. And he could get by the two. And I, I mean, does that mean that they're going to, I don't know, but you see more starts like that. And, you know, Michael's is getting a little bit older and everything like that. He's he's a good he's a good person to have on your team, but yeah, I think he's your middle rotation guy. And exactly, it's difficult to go out and get two guys that are better, but they're gonna have to figure out how to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's that may cause more of the roster turn than anything if they go sign mm-hmm. one trade for another. Um, I know your answer to this one, and <laughs> and, it, and it and well, when I was getting where I'm going with it. I know exactly where how you feel on this, but I mean, if I would have told you if I would have told you in May that in October or in August, that the one guy that you can depend on the most would be uh, Dakota Hudson. I mean, you would probably tell me they would be 11 and games out of any playoff contention, Right. Yeah,
1: well, yeah. I mean, pretty, pretty yeah. much that would have been a pretty good indication. And, you know, again, Hudson has had some good outings, but you know, everybody, if you look under those metrics and we've seen True. a number of articles, he's not any different, he's not any better. Yeah. He's just happened to getting some good results right now. And, um, But yeah, I mean, if he if he's your main guy, I mean, one the fact that he's in the rotation is probably not a good sign. But if he was your main guy, yeah, you would say there's something wrong, and that's that's the case. Now, you could also make an argument right now um, that Zach Thompson's right there. Well, yeah, that's an interesting. I was going to get to that. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have thought when when they sent him to Memphis and what he did in Memphis, I really thought that something had gone wrong that, you know, the moving him around back to the starting rotation after him being successful in the, in the minor leagues or in the bullpen had been was, it was done. I mean, they may have just ruined him and you know, they brought him up and I was like, well, and obviously something has clicked back to where he was basically beforehand, except now he's doing it as a starter.
0: Yeah. The, uh, it, it was funny as we, as we go along the show, I was going to bring those things up, but I mean, obviously that's the stuff that, that we had thought about you know when you talk about moving the needle a little bit i think that he may be the one that's done it the most for them to where mm-hmm. now i think that i know it's a small sample size but honestly that's all we have at this point you know what i mean just a right. week by week approach cuz we really don't know what this team is other than bad um but the uh, yeah i feel i have a feeling that that his consistency right now has probably has probably put him in a pretty good position for next year you know what that means i hope it's not a you know, move him around, just try to figure out a, a fit somewhere, but to stick with it and tell him what to prepare for in spring. Because I think that he's becoming the Zach Thompson that they thought he was going to be when they drafted him. And, and that's, some, that's somewhat exciting to me. Um, mm-hmm. Now, do I think that that's going to be somebody that's going to going to uh, keep them from, from bringing in two horses? It, I, I sure hope not. And I, and in my gut feeling tells me that's not the case, but I do feel like he's made an impression so far. And, and, uh, he—that's the beauty of what what they have right now between a Thompson and a in a Win and a Walker of let's just play it out and let's see where we where we stand in the off season and, and go from there.
1: Yeah, you do wonder if if things like a strong run by um, Thompson, if there had been one for Libertor and Libertor, of course, going on the injured list this week with his back, and he'd already kind of blown up against the A's, may have trouble getting that kind of. Traction, but you do wonder if somebody like that makes the Cardinals not stop looking for three starters, but give them a little bit of confidence that if they get two top starters, if they can't find some sort of back of the rotation guy at a price that they like, that they'll feel a little bit more confident about going into spring with that kind of depth at that spot. I still think they're going to try to get three. Uh, and, yeah. and I don't know why they would have problems finding some sort of veteran guy that they could, you know, probably sign. Hopefully you signed to a one year contract. And if everything goes well and Thompson or Libertor just really, you know, take the bull by the horns, then you can let him go. But, you know, those those kind of pictures are out there. Um, but still, I, I do wonder if, if he could, I don't think uh, change plans, but maybe alter them slightly.
0: Yeah. It's, and you know what, that's kind of how I feel as well. I mean, as aggressive as you can be with bringing in as many guys as you can, but, but the safety net of um, of what you have and have a competition to fill in that back part. I mean, I, I honestly kind of agree with that. And that I think that I don't know if we're just conditioned by how the, we feel like the Cardinals operate or if that's just the sensible move to do, but any of, these, any of these guys that are pitching well here toward the stretch and, and what's going to be a, a pretty bad stretch of baseball, but just keep your head above water, you do wonder if if it makes a difference on the ultra-cheap Cardinals to be like, okay, we may not need three, we may just not need, need two at this point, which I'm not so certain that would be the right move. I, I, I agree with you on that. I, I think that not only do they need to bring in more talent, I think they need to bring in kind of more of a roster shuffle as well mm-hmm. and uh, and figure some of those things out. Um, I think that they desperately wanted Lieber to be good. Um, and that's, you know, and I don't think that they care about the, the outside opinion of how that trade was made, but I do feel like they're just like, ah, we thought that this was a guy that, that he was a top prospect for an organization that does, he does extremely well bringing their guys along. Mm-hmm. We were hoping he'd be much more effective than he is. Um. You know, I would assume that he's probably has another shot last next. You know, uh, another shot in him. I don't know. I think spring training will be aggressive, but uh, but yeah, it's I still think the writing's on the wall for some of these guys, and I think this is going to be the time to impress.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so, and you're right. I, you like to think that they'll because here we are. We talking about pitching depths, which they definitely need. And then we want them to clear out depth at other spots. But th- I think that's needed, right? I mean, there's, yeah, yeah. you know, that middle infield's a mess. There can be, especially now with Wynn up. Um, you know, the outfield is going to be, already has to be people in it. And you may start seeing Tommy Edmund back out there at some point, you know. Um, it's just, that's just, I mean, they've got to, there's only so many people you can play in. It. And, you, and I feel like, I don't know. I mean, it. it sometimes we talk about, Having that, you know, having a sort of rotation is a good thing. But then sometimes we talk about, you know, leaving guys out there, letting them play and yeah, seeing exactly how it goes. Great. So, yeah,
0: uh, you know,
1: no, no, <laughs> I,
0: I, you hit the nail on the head with that. Um, I like, I do like the flexibility. I don't like the every other night playing somewhere else either. Yeah, you know, that's, I like, I like the stability of kind of knowing what's going on and not necessarily a platoon role, but a time split role. I, 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 that's, that's how I feel about a lot of those things. And sometimes it's old man yelling in the clouds for me, mm. especially in today's game. But I don't know that that's just how I feel about it. I mean, it, I, I think are all signs are pointing to Edmund being a center fielder next year. Um, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that because I still kind of seem like that's a poor casting. I don't know yeah. why. I think it's more optics for me, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's a team that's, that's, that's going to finish in last place. It's going to be under five hundred. And while I think 98 to 99% of it is due to the pitching, I think there is an element to it that they're just bad enough that where they are going to have to turn over some other stones and uh, and see what you can do to improve. And, I mean, I, I fully expect them to do that, honestly. I think that there's going to be a few big names that don't make it back. And, and whether we consider those big names or not, I just think there's going to be a lot of change. Learn more at Marines.com.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, the good thing about a a year like this, and we've kind of said this at different times in different ways, but everything's on the table, right? I mean, almost everything. I mean, they're not trading Arnauto. They're not trading Goldschmidt. I mean, you know, some cores are there. But, you know, if, you know, how do you want to remake your outfield? How do you want to remake your infield? You know, what does the catcher physician look like? Because yeah. you know, we talked about it last week, I think, that Contreras and Kisner, a Kisner is a great like an ideal backup. And you know, I don't know if Kisner could do a lot of all this if he was playing every day, but he's the ideal backup. And if you're gonna have a hub on Herrera, you know, you want him in theory starting more all the time. So do you use Herrera this off season with you know, there's other catching prospects coming up as well. So, you know, maybe you move Herrera as part of a trade for a, a pitcher and let those two guys have it with Pahes and all those coming up as, as your depth in case something happens. Or you sign another Trey Barrera and um, stick him at Memphis in case something happens. But, um, you know, maybe there's something there. Um, I think you have to figure that out because I don't know that Herrera does you any good at Memphis next year, but you're not going to carry three catchers, I uh, wouldn't sure. think for a long period of time, but who knows?
0: No, no, I agree. agree with that. I mean, it's, and it's funny. I, y- Your mind kind of starts racing because it seems like, see these are some of the names that we've talked about the last two or three off seasons to, mm-hmm. to what uh, we feel like they may do. And I, I mean, I, I think that that's that one is probably the low hanging fruit type situation is the catcher. Do we do? I mean, I don't think they're going to do anything with Contreras outside of my opinion on why they wouldn't, I just mm-hmm. feel like they're happy enough with him being what he is yeah. that, that that's going to be a guy that, that's going to stay around. Um, yeah, the, the Herrera issue is one that, that will be that will be extremely interesting because as much as they like Kisner, y- you would think that if they're going to do a timeshare maybe at the DH spot, then Herrera is probably going to be your better option as much as he impressed early when he came up. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean that that's that's one that that will be interesting to watch, but I feel like there's a bunch of those question marks, you know, all over the field. I mean, you would think right now that you're looking at a situation where where Gorman, Donovan, Edmund, Win are going to be who they're going to be. Um, mm. Win's going to have some growing pains; he's clearly going through them right now. You know, Walker's going to be a guy that's going to be in the lineup, but then right then, yeah, I mean, then right after that, you're like, there's a lot of variations that can go with the rest of the team. Yeah,
1: and I mean. Those are that's if you keep those guys, right? I mean, because if you're trading for a, a a pitcher, a young pitcher with control, I can't imagine that both Gorman and Donovan are on this team next year, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, one of these mean, guys is going to have to go in a
0: lot of like that. No, I agree, and I mean, there's this could be one that could be a catastrophe. It happens mm-hmm. for some reason. To me, I I feel like there could be a so high on Gorman, and I thought about that at the break.
1: I I mean. Yeah, I mean it's hard to say you're selling high on a what a 23 year old, Um, but I mean I get that I get what you're saying, Um, and his back issues are not necessarily helping anything. Um, Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, one, it didn't help the Cardinals, but also doesn't help him if he wants to try to to trade him. But you know, I think I think that he's young enough that if people would kind of overlook that a little bit and take their chance, Um, but. You know, I, and I think that he's a very valuable piece for the Cardinals, too. And I'm not yeah. saying that should trade him. I agree. Um But I can't – I just don't think that, you know, you can get a kind of pitcher that we've been talking about without him or Gorman or, you know, Jordan Walker. But I, I – I mean, I don't – boy, that talk about one that would backfire on you, right? Um,
0: well, yeah, I mean, yeah, a young <laughs> second baseman who may hit 30 home runs. I yeah. mean, it's it's – yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, but but go ahead. I didn't mean to step on you.
1: Well, I just, I mean, I mean, there is, like, we talked, I think it's a deadline, or maybe it was David Jones and I were talking. Um, you know, Katie was on the radio at that point in time, and she basically said she didn't think that, well, they didn't want to trade him at all. They weren't trying to trade him. She didn't know that Jordan Walker was untouchable. Um, I don't, like I said, it would be. I can't imagine what the return would be, but I mean, you know, that I, I don't know if that's not just something that would at least be somewhat on the table just because of the outfield issues and the, the type of player he would bring back again. I'm not saying they should, I'm not saying they would, I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just speculating that yeah. you start, you know, cause like we said, almost everything is on the table and to get back, a young good you know dylan sees or somebody like that with two or three years of control um, still cheap and good it's going to take something like that and i you know i i think we have to prepare ourselves and we've talked about it some whatever they do this winter there's gonna be a lot of excitement of what comes in but there's gonna be a lot of kind of hurt on what goes out
0: sure sure and that's Kind of a thought exercise here, but mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I think that Walker's probably staying around is the fact that they have played him every day. Yeah, um, I know that sounds completely silly, but if you if you went around, I don't think front offices think this way, but I think fan bases think this way, and I think the Cardinals fan base would probably think this way. Walker's trade value was probably higher in Memphis than it is now. Yep. And uh, and I say that just because the allure of what he can be to where these last three months of what he is, which is a young player learning, I think that it, it probably skews the idea of what Walker may be in the long term, if that makes sense. Ooh. I think there's a lot of, yeah, I mean, I've read this several times of Walker's just going to be a lifelong DH at this point, isn't he? And I was like, he's learning the outfield on the fly in the big leagues. He didn't do it. I mean, he didn't play the outfield yeah. last year in Memphis. You know, one of those things. And you're just like, I understand, but man, that's 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 I don't know. That that outlook is, is is skewed in my view.
1: I think that's yeah, I mean, agreed. He is that's all all fair. I will say that Richard McGill brought up something on the most recent uh playing catch pod that at least made you think about it as we talk about that about him learning this the position which is true it's all true and and he may get better at it but then we also see them throw tommy Edman and brendan donovan and other people that at least as far as i know don't have a lot of experience in the outfield you know they didn't come up playing it and they go out there and they look pretty good right i mean they they don't seem to have some of the learning problems that Walker does now those that's apples and oranges to some degree, but you do wonder if, if there's some sort of natural instincts that aren't necessarily teachable, you know what I'm saying?
0: Sure. Sure. Well, without a doubt. I mean, that's, uh, uh, I fully agree with that. I mean, I, I don't like to go this. Listen, I'm, I, I don't like to go this angle. You'd be mm-hmm. surprised of all the kids that are, that are so gifted athletically who, if I can hit a ball straight in the air, will run right to me and don't realize that there's an angle that you have to take to catch it. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. And that's an instinctual deal. Um, I'm sure that exists. I mean, you know, drafted as, as a third baseman. I mean, mm-hmm. Castellanos has done, has done it, but I didn't realize that Castellanos was an outfielder, moved to third, moved back to the outfield. So there may be some truth to that. I mean, but bottom line is I'm just not really to get willing to give up on that just yet. That's right, kind of how I right. feel.
1: Sure. Well, and I think it's also fair to think, I mean, granted we have seen bad first place defense and and I don't know how that adjustment would be for him, but he's probably probably a little bit better in the outfield. You do have, you know, like I said, you have Paul Goldschmidt under uh, not under contract after next year. Yeah. They may sign him to extension or whatever, who knows, but if there is a need at first base in 2025, you know, then you put him there, right? Yeah. Um, That's kind of, kind of what we saw with Albert Pujols, right? I mean, they put him in the outfield, not that he was necessarily bad there, but you know, he came up, went out to the outfield and then, you know, quickly they kind of, you know, got rid of Tino Martinez and put him over there. Um, You know, I, I it's going to be an interesting question, I guess what they want to do about Paul Goldschmidt, because, I think there is that desire to have him finish as a Cardinal, but he's not, he's still good. So he's not going to, it's not like 2024 is going to be his last year unless he just doesn't want to play. He's not going to be like a situation where you're not going to. So I I think that'll be, if anybody's going to get an extension in spring training, it would be him. I would think so.
0: I would almost Um, expect it to be honest with you.
1: Um, Although I guess if Tommy Edmund's still around, he might be an option too. But, um, so yeah, I mean, there's, but you, you don't, you kind of keep your options open right there to some degree that you do have a chance to move him there. Or if, you know, something else happens, although it feels like if, if something happened to Nolan Arnauto, they'd move Gorman a third, I think. But yeah. Um, but who knows? Maybe not. Maybe not. So um, yeah, there's a lot. And, and you're, you're right. I mean, he's, he's young everybody had a really high expectations for him when he came up and he just hadn't quite hit those yet, but that doesn't mean he won't in a year or so. Um, and most likely if you traded him off, he really would. And, and it wouldn't oh, be yeah, talking about that trade for the rest of our lives.
0: Well, even in a, you know, I feel like he's been, he, I feel like he's had a good season and even in one that's maybe unflattering to what we thought he was going to be. You know what I mean <laughs> by that? Yeah, I still think he's been productive. Yeah, I
1: I mean, it's, you know, you look at it, you know, 255, 11 homers, 35 RBI in a, you know, playing a weird position, um, having some time in Memphis. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't, I think, you know, we had this idea that he was going to come up and be a rookie of the year candidate, right? You know, the, the, what we're seeing out of Corbin Carroll or something like that. And that didn't necessarily manage, but I mean he's got it he's gonna he's already got double digits and doubles and homers. I mean he could wind up with twenty doubles and fifteen homers with a mm-hmm. good September. Well, that's, that's, for, that's, right? that's, that's yeah, it's not a that's a really good start yeah. to a career. So and, and he's and what we've seen, you know, we saw what Nolan Gorman did and how what he made a jump. You know, if he's if, if Walker's starting here, if he does make that jump, then yeah, he's probably gonna be pretty pretty but It's just the fact that I think for so many, again, if the Cardinals are five games up in the division, I don't think anybody is saying anything about Jordan Walker, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, But the defense um, and just, I mean, everybody's coming in for criticism and, you know, pretty much everybody deserves it. Yeah, Um, exactly.
0: I completely agree with that.
1: Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, this week, like we said, we saw some people go on the injured list. Um, we've seen a lot of that recently. They And it just feels, I, and I don't want to say that, I don't want to say that the Cardinals are tanking. I mean, because one, for me, tanking is like a process, right? It's not a half-year thing. <laughs> I guess maybe it's a long-term deal. You know, are they, you know, intentionally going out to lose? I don't think so, but I don't think there's a, urgency to win either um and putting these guys on the injured list is hey we're not going to take any chances of you guys being hurt for next year you know this these games mean nothing we'll just we'll see what it goes
0: yeah no i agree with that and you and i had talked about how uh, how odd it was that uh we've seen so many double digit losses or giving up double digit runs you know yeah. stuff that, that that we're just not familiar with and uh just kind of how the string is playing out. And and I do agree with you. I think this is, this is a lot about development at this point. I think uh, um, a lot of this is trying to figure out what they have, see what kind of guys impress you, just to uh, save injury and, and, uh, and keep health as much as possible. And honestly, I think there's a lot of motivation that's going behind this. I think this is a, hey, you're going to be on, you know, you're under the microscope to see if you can rebound. You know, is Ooh. this a team that's going to rebound? I think there's a lot of that that's going on, um, and that may be too raw, raw for professional sports. But I mean, I, I I think there's some egos that are going to need to be checked, and some and wounds that need to be healed. And 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 I think that's that's part of how this process is going to play out for the next two months.
1: Yeah, and it and it's, it's crazy is to say a, that
0: I guess month, but
1: yeah, it, it is a uh, a chance for um. It is a chance for them to see some of these guys, right? Um, especially coming up to the minor leagues. And it, I mean, a lot of these guys they've brought up, you know, the Casey Lawrence, who's actually pitched fairly well for what he is, right? I mean, yeah, the two times he's been out there, he's he's eaten innings and done a pretty good job. Uh, and then Jacob Barnes, who I don't know has pitched yet and stuff, but these are guys that they can bring up and, um, not worry about right i mean in this winter when they need to clear the the um 40 man these guys are easy easy drops um but occasionally it's it's hey it is letting libertor get a chance to pitch on a regular basis it is letting thompson pitch on a regular basis it's getting a chance to call up win and getting him ready um yeah you know some of the stuff that you know they can do a little bit of. Like somebody said, it's, it's kind of like spring training, but it counts. Um, but at least you can see, and it may be even better, right? Because in spring training, there's not that competition level. Um, you know, you'd like to win games, but you don't have to. You know, there's some, you know, more about working on things. Um, to get a chance to see a guy like Mason Wynn come into actual competition for five weeks uh, may give you a better idea of, hey, this guy really can do this. Um, or, Hey, this is what we need to work on this winter.
0: Yeah. The, uh, and, and, and that's, what's kind of added some excitement to, to finish out mm-hmm. watching, to see, uh, to see how this plays and how, you know, the, like you and I, I made the comment to you after the show. I said, are we going to see a situation wins in the lineup every day? And and you're like, well, you know, we kind of went back and forth about how they were using, but he has literally been in the lineup every day. Um, the, uh, and that's fun. That's fun for me to watch. My question to you is: Is Mason when your opening day shortstop next year? Is that, I, I would think that's probably solidified. But but go ahead. I mean,
1: I, I can't imagine why he wouldn't be. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's obviously like you said, he's a shortstop now.
0: Um, I, I yeah, I can't imagine why he's not. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, and, and I I don't know how poor the performance would have to be to finish out for them to not do that. You know, I agree with you. You, you, you worded it much better than I did of you can't see a situation where he's not. Now I kind of feel the same way. Um, Another question to pose to you is I don't feel like you feel this way. So this one may be a little bit easier. (laughs) Um, How many of the everyday players right now come back? Like, are you? You know, we think there's going to be major turnover, and we know that. We know that probably one of the. I would say two safely, three optimistically. Do they sign one or do they sign two? Because I, just kind of a feeling to me. Would you be? Well, I would like this, but would you be? Um, opposed to Montgomery coming in as the second best starter you sign in the offseason.
1: I don't think so. I don't um, either.
0: I mean, Would he's you pitched be obviously be being the best pitcher you sign in the offseason. Is that where think you'd think, you'd, well, we're in this position already and he was last year. I
1: mean, yeah, I think you I think you'd want to take a step up from him. Not that he's been bad and he's obviously pitched very well for Texas. Um but I I feel like you could with with the people that are on the market, you can do. I mean, he's the second tier of what's on the market. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you need to bring in one of the first tier. If he's your second one, I think, yeah, I think that's fine. I think if you ran, uh, just for example, Snell, Montgomery, Michaelis, Mats, X number, X player, or X player, Mats, hopefully. But, um, I, you're gonna you're gonna do all right with yeah. that. Right. Um you should. Um so I'd be fine with that. I just it is so rare to see a player re sign with the team that traded them, right? I agree. I,
0: mean, I agree. That that was one of the reasons that I had kinda held out hope that he wouldn't get traded. Because mm-hmm. I was like, You never see that, that they come back. Yeah,
1: it's it's rare because once he gets on the market, I mean the Cardinals have to compete with everybody. Um yeah you know they could have of course you know they some of the best prospects they got came in that trade so maybe it's a good thing they didn't sign him to an extension yeah. um but if they had wanted i mean they just they never seem to want to right i mean they never seemed to make much effort i mean when i remember montgomery saying in spring training how he was open to it but it didn't sound like they would even come to him Um uh, there wasn't any talk, you know, there was that idea around the deadline that they were going to try to extend Hicks or extend Flaherty or something that never had that kind of situation. I think the best that you saw was like, there were some like formality talks about it, but, um, for some reason, and maybe they've learned their lesson, maybe they're going to change things, but, um, they never seem to make him a priority. So it would be strange to see them, make him a priority in the free agent market now maybe they would but um and i'm sure they'll talk with them i'm sure they'll be in i mean they're gonna talk to just about everybody right but um i can't imagine he's necessarily super high on their planning list
0: yeah yeah and it's uh and you know what we say he's second tier i'm not certain he thinks that and his team probably doesn't
1: i'd hope he doesn't think that right i mean i mean if if he thinks that he's second tier then maybe you definitely don't you know i mean i think yeah i think of course all these guys have a healthy ego and, and not that he was headed, you know, not like he was braggart or anything, but I
0: think he had, he was very confident in his skills. He seemed to be, and he should have been. Yeah, no. Yeah. I completely agree with that. I mean, I was a big fan of his and it's, uh, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the possibilities are, are, are going to be exciting, but yeah, that's one that I was like, as much as you would like that back, that's one of those situations that, that as you say, it's, it's extremely rare to bring him back. And, it's because everybody's on and they never tried anything in the first place.
1: Yeah, yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, we were. Is there anything else on this current team you want to talk about? Because um, I don't, I don't, I don't know that there is, honestly. Yeah,
0: I mean, and it's funny, and it, it could have been my, maybe may my apathy, but it's just one of those that I'm just like, I'm kind of ready to, to play the string out to see who plays, who's in the lineup, see what Win Walker and these guys do, and. And then the, the, I mean, my optimism comes from what's going to happen as soon as November, you know, as those GM meetings and, and, and things get moving. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a situation where I guess you're to find the silver lining and all of this, mm-hmm. and to see one of those summers when, when you only have a limited number be so terrible. I used to hate that, but now it's one of those, I'm just like, well, look, listen, these things happen. I mean, I, I truly feel like this is an outlier season. And, now you kind of look to the future and this, if this was the the thing that needed to happen to shake some things up and, and play some youthful guys and go out and get some guys with outside of the organization, which we've done this show for, you know, put upwards of, you know, where are we now? Seven years. Uh, you and I, yeah. seven. This yeah. Is, and uh, and we, we've said a lot of these same things of play the kids, go sign some big arms and, and let's do it. And I would think that that has to happen this off season.
1: Yeah, I, I would think so. Um, okay. So, This year, I wanted to – we were talking about this a little bit before the show, and I think it's – we'll get into remember some guys' territory. Um, But this is the worst year. First time the Cardinals are going to finish last since 1990. Um, I looked it up, and, you know, August 29th of 1990, the Cardinals had played 129 games, which is where they played. They were at after last night. They fifty 59 and 70. So they're three games better than this team. Um, I thought i will bring up that box score um, and we could talk about some of these guys. If you, how much you remember them, whatever, but it turned out, and and it turns out it's an interesting box score. We'll get to that in a minute because there is a little bit of significance to this box score, but um, I just thought I'd read off the starting lineup for you. Uh, And we'll just, I guess we'll just take it from there. Um, Rex Hudler was in left. Hosea Kendo played second. Willie McGee was in right. Todd Zeal playing first base. Craig Wilson at third. Ray Lankford at center. Ozzy at short. Tom Pagnazzi catching Bob Batooksbury pitching. Um, Is there... Let's let's maybe take it one by one. Rex Hudler, anything that you remember about Rex Hudler as a Cardinal?
0: (sighs) Just... (sighs) nothing stands out I mean that's I kind of it, it it's really really bad but I kind of equate huddler and let me i'm trying to think of some names that, that I that to me think of the the down times, to be honest with you of the uh it, of that era uh you know it was yeah not no I mean I guess not I'm kind of rambling on that not really
1: huddler had Come over mid-season to the Cardinals from the uh, from Expos. Um, played ninety-one and ninety-two as well. Um, and yeah, you're right. It's that those two the ninety-one, ninety-two teams weren't too weren't as bad, obviously. Um, but it's still a fairly forgettable time. You know, remember Rex the Wonder Dog? Uh, remember him being that utility guy with some spark? Yeah. Um, you know, he's doing royals broadcast now i believe which is interesting because it's you know usually when you have a former player doing the broadcast it's because they have some connection to the team but he never played for the royals um so yeah i mean there's i mean one of those scrappy kind of guys that yeah you know you know kind of i don't want to say he was because he's better because tommy edmund's better than him but you know that kind of guy right i mean the guy that can play around everywhere all that kind of stuff so Uh, obviously Jose Kendo goes into the Cardinals hall of fame, what this last week or so, um, and still hanging around, still coaching and stuff like that. It's pretty remarkable. The career that a Kendo has had, uh, with the Cardinals.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Well, and you know, he was, he was one of my favorites in the mid eighties. So, you know, to stick around and, and to see those transitions were, were pretty cool, but, but, uh, yeah, I mean that's those that that's going to be a long-lasting name in St. Louis.
1: Yeah, I mean everybody's... I mean for years. I mean, well, Kendall has the possibility; it probably will be the the George Kissel, sure, right? the the next sure. generation George Kissel, because he's always been teaching, he's always been doing these kind of things, and um, never managed. But you know, I obviously it's beyond that now. So, Willie McGee was hitting third, but what was interesting about this game? I looked at this; the only Substitution that was made in this game was Milt Thompson came in for Willie McGee. And as I looked at this batting average, I realized, double check, this is the game Willie got traded.
0: Yeah, I had a feeling you were going to say that. Yeah, got pretty Brought right up batting average. I was like, I bet this is when he got traded.
1: Yep, he was. And I did not realize, I mean, I remember Willie McGee getting traded, right? I remember, Willie McGee didn't to Oakland was leading the league in batting average and his batting average froze Yeah, and he, and he won the, he won the national league yeah. batting championship as a member of the Oakland athletics. Um, I did not remember it being like a waiver deadline type of trade. Cause this is, uh, this is August 29th at this time. So, you know, at that point in time, you had to make those you know, waiver claims and stuff by September. I assume, and I'd have to go back and look, I don't, I, don't, I think that's still right. I mean, that's what it was up until a few years ago. And I know that the trade deadline used to be in June, but I don't think it was ever as late as September. So, um, so it was interesting. I mean, that was that was your signal that things were changing, right? That Willie McGee left the St. Louis. Sure. Um, and I think it's also interesting. I mean, that's the difference in that generation and this one. Um, Willie McGee, I believe was you know was free agent. Um, Coleman was a free agent. Um, Pendleton was a free agent, but they didn't, they didn't strip that team down. Right. I mean, those guys just played, played out the string and then signed as free agent somewhere else. Um, unless I'm misremembering, uh, which is very possible. Um, no, I mean, that that's, you know, like we've looked at it this year, right? We have all these free agents, that so the Cardinals just immediately have to trade them off for prospects and stuff. Yeah. That's just the way you're supposed to do it. And you had a, you know, you had a Coleman, you had a, a Pendleton, who Pendleton went on to win the MVP, I think, either the next year or the year after uh, with Atlanta. I mean, it's very difficult to say you couldn't have gotten something for those guys, but that was not the way things went in 1990.
0: No, I agree. And you know what? I... The, uh, Always, I love the Bill James Almanac because he mm-hmm. always had a meter when you would read within the chapters of of um, how how much how year to year how much more the minor leagues became a slave to the major leagues, mm. and uh, it was always interesting. And you know what, selling for prospects while is commonplace now. You hardly ever heard of prospects, yeah. In the '80s and '90s, the ones that made a big difference, you know. And I thought about that after we talked about it before the show. Of, I remember going to Tulsa to watch Arkansas play, only because Zeal was playing, mm-hmm. you know, and he was coming up. And I remember he had the the rated the the prospect rookie the prospect cards coming up. And stuff like right. that. And that's kind of how you could tell those. And I mean, and that was back in the day where I never missed uh, you know, the baseball weekly from the USA Today type situation. So that mm-hmm. that's all it was. I did not have baseball America because it was too expensive. Right. Um, but the I remember those to where you would read about some of the minor leaguers, but that's that's all it was. You didn't hear much about it on the big league broadcast everything like you do now, and it wasn't a situation to where where that, that was the mindset. I mean, it was one of those, they were, they those guys were, were coming to uh, supplement the big league roster, not, not trans, not transform it.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it zeal's the next guy on this list. So we'll just move into that, but you're right. I mean, there, you didn't necessarily know because you don't have, you didn't have the wall to wall coverage that we do now. Right. I mean, if you lived in St. Louis, I'm sure you know, the post-dispatch probably occasionally mentioned somebody coming up to the farm, but it took somebody to be like a national prospect because zeal's coming up at the same time. King Griffey jr's coming up. Right. I remember those kind of guys were both at the same time because that was, they were just a big names. Right. And it was really cool that the Cardinals had one of these big names coming up, but yeah, you didn't hear, there was no Kyle Reese back then. Um, there actually sure. literally may not may not have been a call respected. I, I don't know. But anyway, um, but there wasn't anything like that. It wasn't a big deal. You didn't – you didn't – you're right. It, the farm system was not necessarily where you – I mean, you hoped to get prospects up. You had them come up, but you didn't – it wasn't the biggest focus either. I mean, you focused on the major league team. So um, – and, I mean, the major leaguers weren't getting paid like they are now so that was a little bit you know the whole whole thing was different but I just it's just interesting to going into it with a mindset of what we see today to see the Cardinals you know with a you know some significant free agents um not do anything with them is is a little different um yeah yeah zeal was the big prospect um you know was going to be a catcher didn't I don't think he played just a whole lot of catcher in st louis after a while though i mean and obviously once he left st louis he had moved to the corners um so but he was you know he was solid he was there till let's say he got traded traded in 95 um so and he was rookie of the year uh he was sixth in the rookie of the year voting in 1990 so that was his first full season um and yeah. I mean hit it and had a year that probably is gonna be pretty similar to although his OPS is just one oh one. But it's a, a number some of those base numbers are gonna look a lot very similar to uh Jordan Walker's numbers. So different environment but still interesting. So Yeah. Uh Craig Wilson was playing third base. Apparently t- um Pendleton had the day off. Um I don't know. I would be surprised if you remembered anything about Craig Wilson because that was the name out of when I read those through there that I did not recognize at all. Yeah, not much,
0: not much. You know what? When we were looking for uh, for the show on on reference pages and uh, finding out, and I didn't realize that that Pendleton had such a terrible season. Um, mm. You know what? It, it seems like he was hurt. A lot of the year, and I, I noticed that that he played. He played over 100 games, correct? Like I think it was over 120 games. 121, yeah. So, is that okay? Then trust me, this is not off memory. This is looking before yeah, the game. I, I, I just, I'm, I, it, it, bottom line, reference kind of slows down my scrolling whenever, sure, and it kind of affects the the coverage a little bit here. But uh, it seems like he was hurt because I remember. It was painful to see him move to Atlanta mm-hmm. and and have a, have such the career that he did. Um, but but I'm almost certain that Pendleton was hurt that year, some of the year because he battled hamstring injuries on that turf quite a bit.
1: Uh, looking through his game log, he had uh, 12 games that he missed uh, end of April, beginning of May. So um, other than that, I mean, he had a game off here, a couple games off there. Um, In fact, the game that we're talking about, he played on each side of those. He just happened to take, well, although the game that the next game, he only played the 12th inning uh, because it went to extras. So he had a couple of days off there uh, for the most part, Uh, six games off in September, another 12 off late in September. Of course, when the season was over. Um, So yeah, he may have been dealing with those and those were the things that weren't bad enough to put him on the injured list, but enough to keep him from playing the field yeah yeah so yeah because it looks like let's say like we're talking about august 29th august 30th he came in as a pinch hitter and, and then finished the game at third because it was so you know 12th inning and then august 31st he was a pinch hitter yeah so yeah still recovering from there so uh yeah it was remarkable to see him then turn around and win the mvp the next year sure so, yeah um as for craig wilson he played 89, 90, 91, 92 in St. Louis, played 93 in uh, Kansas City. think uh, kind of vaguely, since in fact, hit 311 in 92 uh, in 61 games. So, um, I mean, I kind of vaguely kind of remember him, but not much, obviously. Sure. I mean, you don't sure. – some, some people can remember the bench guys of the teams that were going on when they were kids. I am not one of those, necessarily. Yeah. Uh, Lankford um, – kind of it was i that was the also that kind of thing when we talk about prospects you know i remember and this is lankford had made his major league debut and played 39 games so he hadn't been up very long at all at this point in time but lankford and gilkey were the
0: two names coming up right sure behind zeal that you remembered a lot yeah 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 and you know it it well We'll stay stay with Langford for now before we're getting you know sidetracked, but but yeah, that's just you know you had the football mentality when he was coming up, that was all what they talked about, and it was aggressive. And they, you know, it was funny they said the same thing about Coleman. You know, Coleman was a college kicker, college mm-hmm. punter, and uh, you kind of heard the uh, the same thing about Langford with that kind of mentality. You know, Gilkey had a lot because one he was a good player, but B he was from St. Louis. You know the yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, you know that 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 was a lot of the prospect. You know, that was probably the, how that kept that. Well, I am rambling, but, but that's another reason of, uh, you know, those are, those were the stories that you paid attention in minor league ball, not necessarily the way that we do now, but, but yeah, back to, but back to Lankford, he was, that was going to be the, the next superstar if you remember.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. And this was actually looking at his game log. This was game seven of his major league career that we're talking yeah. about here. Yeah. Um, and had yet to hit a home run, um, but then what? Finished? Didn't he finish with the most home runs in the Old Bush Stadium? Um, I think McGuire was right behind him, but I think he yeah. finished with that many. Um, of course, everybody remembers running over Dalton. And, oh yeah, Dalton was a um, big dude
0: too. <laughs> yeah, that's what's crazy about it.
1: I think I remember him hitting a home run against the Reds in the first Sunday night baseball, you know, leadoff game for the the first time. Baseball opened on a Sunday. In yeah, in Cincinnati, it was on ESPN, and I think he hit a home run in that game. Uh, so, uh, obviously, Cardinal Hall of Famer again. Uh, got a quite a, quite a few Cardinal Hall of Famers sitting in this in this list, um, but you know, very impressive. Ozzy is short. I, you know, we could talk about Ozzy for the for two or three uh shows. I, I don't think we could sure. think everybody kind of knows about, about about the wizards. Um do you see that bobblehead they're giving away like in I think in another week or two? I didn't I notice think. it. Yeah, he him actually dressed like a wizard. It's based on the oh, own, wow. uh, on the old poster one of those uh yeah. him, you know, dressed up like that. So that'll be one, fun and then two actually probably get people to at least come to the gates. <laughs> who knows if they'll come in and watch the game, but they will come into the gates and buy tickets.
0: So did something. you, uh, did you, were you a big poster guy?
1: I had a good, I had a few of them. So I do have some actually out by garage that are yeah. either up on the wall or, or wrapped up. I had a number of, uh, of Cardinal posters and then a few others. Yeah. Were you? Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: And the thing is, is I don't remember the wizard post. I do remember it. I don't remember it as well, but one of my two yeah. favorite posters ever, I had the, the horizontal dive Aussie.
1: Yeah, I've got that one. Yeah, yeah that's it. One. I had that
0: one. And of course I you know one of my other favorite athletes was Larry Bird sitting on the hay bale on the mm. on the rim. You know, were two of the big ones yeah. I had. I had the Bo Jackson black and white though. I, I had several I had several Cardinals too. Um but yeah, those are the ones that stand up. When you said poster, that's the first thing that I thought about.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I had the I had a number it, pretty much any poster I could find of Aussie I I did sure. get. Uh, I did have the Bash Brothers uh, Conseco McGuire one, them dressed up. I had that one. Um, I had one that was I don't remember what it was titled, but it was uh, McGee and Coleman and Ozzy. That'd be Um, cool. So, yeah, and like I said, that's They're still out there. Some of them I hadn't, didn't, some of them I wanted to try to frame and put in the, when I got to the new house, but I don't have enough wall space. But, um, well, I'm getting ready to go to
0: Amazon as a matter of fact. (laughs) Now that
1: I think about it, I mean, I got to have a baseball office. So that's right. You need to, you need to get some of those. So, uh, Tom Pagnazzi, um, well, like, you, I, I can
0: only let you hear about only let you talk about Pike
1: well, i mean yeah University park's a boy uh still up in that area um from what i understand uh it was it his it was his nephew matt that caught for him a few years back um but i mean pags was i mean that was that was the defensive standard there right um maybe but Maybe kind of held it until until Yachty came along because you know he didn't hit a whole lot. Although right now at this point in time he's hitting 280 that season, so not yeah. Bad. But um, you know, I think that he always always kind of piled up the Gold Gloves. Um, and I remember him being quite the, the defensive guy, even if he
0: wasn't hitting. Well, think about the history of Cardinals defensive catchers, though. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. You know,
0: with and I mean, you can even go further back than this. You go Simmons. I mean, these are the ones that stick out. You go Simmons, you go, um, uh, you go, uh, why am I drawing a blank? Who was, uh, Herzog's guy Porter Porter. Yeah. I don't know why I was thinking, kept thinking. Yeah. We're Porter. You go, you go, of course, Tony Pena, you go Pagnazzi. I mean, there was a, they had a good line. I'm mean, a Matheny. Matheny yeah. was the standard bearer in blocking, you know, yeah. when he came over, you know, and that's, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's a good line, a long, uh, long line of catchers. I loved Pagnazzi as a Cardinal, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You know what I mean? It's, it's one of those to where – and now, it actually, just kind of a little bit of background about what I have going on. In the 70s, Nathan Hale was a juggernaut baseball. Uh, they won – they went to state finals in 74, won it in 75, and – Two players off that seventy-five team went to well, one off the seventy-four team, one off the seventy-five team went and played for Arkansas for DeBryan and went to the went to mm-hmm. the College World Series, of course. One of which is now is a, uh, a Bill Bakewell, who he is in your Hall of Fame in Arkansas. Okay, he and Pagnasi are really tight, and uh, he was telling me some stories about uh, about Pagnasi and some of the things that they do. And he is still in Arkansas, and I think he has you know like some massive hunting land and stuff like that up there, so. So yeah, I mean that's the minute that that was brought up in a text message that I could even link my name to. I was I was pretty proud. <laughs>
1: well, you have to pull your connections and get him to join us one day. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe, uh, may not.
0: I bags for it
1: from eighty seven to ninety eight, and only played for the Cardinals for some reason. I thought maybe that at the end of his career he had wound up somewhere else, but only a Cardinals catcher. Um, but yeah, you're starting by ninety eight. You're starting to transition to Matheny, right? Um, I'd have to look and see exactly how that worked. But, you know, Matheny was there until 04 uh, when, when Yachty came up. So, it's been a good... I mean, it always feels like teams have some something that they do well, right? I mean, for generations. Um, and that catching has been one of them for the Cardinals. Yeah. So, um, and it's a little itch. I mean, they've gotten away from the defensive side of that, obviously, right now with Contreras and even Kisner. And they don't have... I mean, you'd have to look in the minor leagues. I don't know if they've got anybody that just stands out defensively. Um, but uh, they probably will come back around at some point in time. Sure. So. Um, And then Bob Tewksbury. Tewks. Um, I mean... I, the one the thing I remember... Yeah, I mean, the thing that you think about with Tewksbury right now is one, that he's a, a literal painter. Not just yeah. painting at the of, of the on the mound, but he was a literal painter, and then he got into sports psychology or something like that. Right, yeah. he was working with the Red Sox, I think. Last I knew, I don't think he's doing any more. But um, yeah, I mean, he was a he was an interesting guy. Uh, you know, and it had to be because he was a guy that didn't have a whole lot of stuff. He had to pitch well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And he, I mean, he was actually one of those Cardinals that uh, it was one that 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 you love to watch him take them out. And you will, it was nice to see that he had success, you know, later in his time with, with the club. Um, And, and yeah, they, they, you talk kind of, yeah, I don't know how to say it, but it was one of those to where I, I'm looking something up real quick. His uh, you know, his son. No, I don't think that's, that's correct. I'm rambling here a little bit, but uh, I have a lot this show by the way. The, uh, yeah, I always love when Tootsbury took the mound and it, that was the one that you heard about more than anything was the intellectual side of things. And you're right. Yeah. He did a lot of the sports psychology stuff.
1: Yeah. And he was the, I mean, he was the ace of that staff, right? I can't, uh, let me pull up the roster real quick just to look at other rotation guys, but that's, well, McGrain was still there. Good picture. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, McGrain was there. Um, Omar Olivares when he was healthy. Um Greg Matthews. Um yeah, Mike Perez come up it was on that team for a little bit. Remember Mike Perez when he was the he was a another guy that kind of had a little bit of buzz about him when he came up to, to be this closer. Um and oh <laughs> Brent Brent Smith. I have his autograph somewhere along the way because uh, they were down. They played an exhibition game in Little Rock. It was the Cardinals. oh, I love that. Yeah, Cardinals and Royals played one year, but that wasn't the one I went to. It was the Cardinals and Braves, I believe. Uh, and yeah, he was got his autograph on some piece of paper. That's he was awesome. probably floating around here somewhere or not. Um, you had Lee Smith in the bullpen, but uh, yeah, Tuksbury would probably be the guy that that would have been the ace guy. John Tudor was on that team. We were talking about that earlier today before we got started, John Tudor come back after the trade. And, you know, he had Tudor and Guerrero, which is one of those fun, you know, trades. You make the trade and then you get the other guy back. Um, although I guess not. Honestly, Guerrero wasn't on that team. Hmm. Oh yeah, he was. Yeah he was. He yeah, I thought he was. Team. Yeah. Yeah, I was pretty sure they had done that, but then I realized we were yeah. reading this reading off this lineup and uh, you know, Zeal was playing first that day. But um but uh, Tudor, as we said, he went like he got he won twelve games and had an ERA of like two point seven and then didn't play the next year. Uh, that was when he decided to retire, which is interesting, um, given how you know good he was at that age. I mean, he still had he would have thought a couple of good years in him. Obviously, pitchers didn't go quite as long as they might today, but um, for him to retire, this this team transitioned quite a significant amount right here, and that's kind of what we're talking about for the 23 to 24 as well is there are going to be some, you know, we're seeing maybe a generation, you know, like the Lankford might be the, the Walker or, um, you know, or the Win or somebody that's going to be here for a while. Um, you, you still got a couple of veterans like Ozzy that stuck around, which may be like the, the Nolan. Um, and then you got young guys that are just, you know, kind of making their appearance and then guys that are just never going to be around again. Uh, you know, the free agents that we talked about, uh, there is a, there are I would say real strong similarities, but you can see kind of uh, an
0: outline of what might happen. Sure. Sure. And that's, I mean, and that's, I would assume that that's kind of the passing of the guard when you found, when you, when the run could be over, you know, yeah. you, you're going to keep these veterans, but you, we're going to see some turnover, but I mean, potentially see quite a bit of turnover, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I think the similarities there, I completely agree with you. I was glad that you made us look at that up this morning.
1: Yeah, Cardinals won this game nine to one. If you wanted to know who was starting lineup for the Reds were, if you just want to remember some guys, which um, I granted some of these people, <laughs> some of the people that listen to this may be like, I can't remember these guys I wasn't around, but still, you may have heard of them. Uh, Billy Hatcher, uh, Barry Larkin, Hal Morris, Eric Davis, Paul O'Neill, Chris Sabo, Joe Oliver, and Mariota Duncan uh, with Tom Browning. I mean, well, this is the year that the, the Reds won say. the World yeah. Series. So. Yeah. Uh, for the Cardinals to, to beat them later, you know, late this season was, was not too bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's uh that, and that was a good team. So I, I yeah, that was, was. Uh, you know, I remember there was a bunch of guys that, that, that I felt like proved our point on the minor league side. Cause if you remember you, you didn't hear about McGrain, you knew that they had arms right. coming, but you didn't hear about McGrain until they got to, to, uh, would it have been Port St. Lucie? Back then, it wasn't. Boy, or, I don't know. I can't remember. I can't remember when it actually moved to Jupiter. Um, uh, so, yeah, yeah. Well, they probably moved to Jupiter.
1: Well, my guess would be I don't know. I just my guess would be they moved to Jupiter around the time they moved for spring training to Jupiter, and that's been yeah. like twenty five years. So they were probably still yeah Port Saint Lucie maybe.
0: Yeah, and that's. Uh, but I remember. Um, I remember uh, that's where you saw McGrain first was in spring training. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of names like that now. Oh, it, Saint, it, Petis,
1: Saint Petersburg. That's what that. it was. Because I yeah, knew the yeah. support
0: language, Saint Lucie had always been incorpor- incorporated with the Mets, and yeah, I was Saint thinking Petersburg, I couldn't remember. So yeah, I, yeah, I do remember that. Um, but yeah, that was a good team. And if you remember, Eric Davis was the guy that was coming that was going to be something special for that Reds team. And it turned out yeah. to be really good. And a former and a future Cardinal.
1: I'm about to say you have uh, Eric Davis as a future Cardinal. Chris Sabo played for the yeah, Cardinals in his career, true. So. Yeah, a couple of those guys uh, floating around there. So uh, interesting. And I mean, heck, who knows? Maybe that's what we'll do this off this off season or not this offseason, this next month. Find a year, find a game, talk about some guys, because why not? I mean, do no. you really want to spend an hour talking about this team or listening to this yeah. team? I, I don't know that you do.
0: I understand we're winding down here, but you know, it's, it's funny. I stopped short of talking about Brian Jordan. Because yeah. I was thinking, if you remember, Gilkey, Langford, and Jordan were going to be the next oh, outfit. Golly. Yeah,
1: much like uh, what Carlson, O'Neill, and um, Bader, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's true. That's a good, that's a great point.
1: So, history history may not repeat, but it rhymes at yep. times. So. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, one, I, I feel like. If nothing else, we have entertained Alex Christofoli. Uh, I feel like this is this is going to be a show right up his alley if nobody else. So, um, Alex, you can send your payment whenever. Um, and we will be back at you next week. I mean, we're it's Labor Day weekend next year. Week. It's, it's a little bit weird to flip the calendar to September and not care, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. we've had that, you know, even back in, in uh, 11, you know, they were starting to put that run together. It had been... Five or six. I mean, by the time we got to September, you started thinking, "Well, it's mean, still a long shot, but hey, you know, yeah. maybe they'll make it interesting." Um, there's been years. I mean, usually either, either by the end of August and into September, they're usually doing or putting something together, or it, you know, putting some wins together. Even if they're out of the race, they start. That's when they start playing well. Um, even sometimes beginning of August, although there've been some bad ones. Um, I just to have really nothing. I mean, to see you see Mason Wynn, you see Jordan Walker, you know, see these individual players maybe, but you don't really have anything to look forward to over the last month. So, um, it's going to be an interesting, a different September. I think a lot of us are going to be ready to just jump past the whole playoffs and everything and just get into this postseason because, or this off season because that's when all the all the fun stuff's going to happen.
0: Sure, and you know, there's always a beauty of the off season. One, I like watching it anyway, just because of the intensity yeah. and the good baseball. But one, you can kind of see the guys that may be available as well. You know saying? Yeah. And that's, that's always fun to watch. Yeah.
1: So anyway, Alan and I should be back with you next Saturday. Um, And until then, for Alan, I'm Daniel. Good night. Good night.